much for watching today with Marilyn and Sarah. I want to give you some really encouraging news. Sometimes when we watch like regular news, CNN, whatever, sometimes it can be a little bit discouraging, kind of makes us afraid. But good news always gives us lots of life. So here's some good news for you. Pauline called to give us a testimony that she had been struggling because of a lack of sleep. After receiving prayer, God helped her to normalize her sleep pattern, and <laughs> this enabled her to come to work on time instead of running late all the time. So I just want to encourage you, God can help you today. Things that might seem little and small, inconsequential, or massively big. Sometimes we think, oh, it's too big for God, or it's too, it's too much of an obstacle and impossibility. But nothing is impossible with God. Luke 137. So we want to encourage you, hop on the phone, get on the website. And Pauline did that, and God did a tremendous miracle for her in her life. And sleep was a huge gift. The, God says he gives his beloved sleep and rest. So just encourage you, hop on the phone, get on the website. And Mom, today oh. we have a great, phenomenal guest. One I of our all-time favorites. Yep. Yes, because I like this book that Susie Larson has written, Fully Alive, because folks, it tells you the supernatural but how can I say this it gives you the practical to get into the supernatural because you know you say oh supernatural how wonderful but what are the steps what can I do so I want you to watch today because it's supernaturally practical and one of our best guests Sarah and I just love her and she has something to really perform in your life on being fully alive. But where are you fully alive? Spirit, soul, and body. Oh my goodness, we are so totally, totally pumped because we want you to come with us to these two countries. I'm serious, you need to just, hold your breath a second, Italy and Israel. Oh my goodness. We're going to Italy and Israel, Mom. It's going to be phenomenal, and you don't want to miss it. We get to do all kinds of ministry times, Maybe. prayer walking. We get to do a worship service on the Sea of Galilee. <gasps> Who gets awesome. to do that? Where, and what else are we doing, Mom? Well, I tell you, we will see Masada. Masada, I think, is an experience. And also the upper room, the garden tomb, we're going to take communion. Is that awesome? And in Italy, oh, we will go to Venice my favorite city. We will go to the Vatican, and we have a day trip to Florence. Oh, I want you to go with me. These are places I have been many times, but I'm going to tell you, they are also my favorite. And I want you to go with me to my favorite places. I'm so excited for you today. Yeah, for you. So put your hand on your heart. Say, today is an exciting day for me. Why? Because the revelation that you're going to receive is really awesome. But it won't just work today. It'll work every day. I like things that work every day, every place. Don't you? I think you really, really do. And we have such a special guest. Susie, Sarah and I are so happy to have you. Susie Larson is with us today with a book called fully alive. Who wants to be just half alive? I don't. And this teaches you how to flourish in your mind, in your body, and your spirit. These are really, we're a threefold being, whether we like it or not. And sometimes I think we just want to get our body in shape. 
And that's good. I'm not against that. Sometimes we just want our mind to be flourishing. And then I think as a Christian, I want my spirit always to flourish. So this program today is going to transform your life. So Susie, thank you for being with Sarah and me. We love having you. Honored, thank you, thank you, honored thank to you. be with you. Thanks for having me. And so now watch. And maybe you have friends you need to just text real fast for them to watch too. Because you say, well, do you think it will help other people? <laughs> hey, does everybody have a spirit, a mind, and a body? <laughs> I think so. And I would guarantee you, put my hand on my heart, this will be a great blessing. So, Susie, tell us why you wrote this book. I am a person who's battled chronic health issues my whole life. I'm standing here so healthy compared to where I've been. I worked in the fitness industry, and I'm a woman of God's word. So understanding the physiology of how our body works, grabbing hold of scripture, and then having been somebody who's had to fight, fight, fight for healing and health, um, seeing that how these all come together and how much, as you said at the open, we as Christians miss. We compartmentalize our lives mm -hmm. and we miss one at the expense of the other. But we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And one of the things that I learned in my own research, in my own fight for, I had a massive health relapse a few years ago that I've, I'm now coming through, I'm about 95% recovered. But I went after things like fear and anxiety, disappointment, things that were kind of embedded in my soul from past trauma, past hurts and losses. And as I interviewed doctors on on my show, brain scientists and counselors, I learned that what happens in your soul happens in your cells. We have got to pay attention to what's going on in our soul, and we have this accumulation of life experiences that if we don't pay attention to those things, they will push out into our physiology. And there are, it's proven through counselors and doctors who are saying countless women, especially, men are experiencing this too, but in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, are going into counselors and doctors with crazy health symptoms, and when they get to the bottom of it, they realize it's a life untended because of, of losses, of hurts, of disappointments, that they just stuff down, didn't know what to do with, kept serving at church, you know, joining five committees. We find all these ways to numb out, to not have to deal with what's going on, but our body absorbs those things and will get our attention another way. So this is a call and an invitation to get whole body, mind, and soul. It's what God won for us. It's what he wants for us, but it takes some cooperation on our part. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too, in your book here, and I just encourage you to hop on the phone, get on the website. This would be a huge resource for you and very, very practical, relevant. But one of the things is you talk about past traumas. And why? I mean, I know that I don't want to think about my past traumas because they hurt, right? It's like a bruise. It's like somebody pushing a bruise. But why wouldn't we navigate some of that? And, and is there hope on the other side? Because I think sometimes we don't navigate those traumas or hurts or pains because we don't know how to get out of them and get better. So help us on some of that. Is there well, hope? There, yeah, there's definitely hope. There tends to be two extremes that we go to. Neither are healthy. One is rehearse, rehash, rehearse, rehash, where some are professional counselees, where they go around the mountain so many times that they identify more with their stuff, that, again, than they do with the promises of God. So you either rehearse, rehash, or you, you stuff and numb. 
which sounds like a cinnamon roll, but it's not. So anyway, <laughs> where you're stuffing your symptoms and numbing out on your favorite indulgence, whatever that is. You know, Dr. Jim Wilder is a brilliant theologian and a neuroscientist, and I had him on my show one day, and I said, you know, let's say a person struggles with fear. Do you tell them just face it down, put it under your feet? And he said, no, because fear has to do with fear of punishment. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. So he says, picture a loving father. You've got a child who's afraid of the dark room. The loving father will pick up the child, hold him close, saying, I'm here, you've got me, I'm with you. And together they walk in the room, they turn on the light while the father's holding the child, saying, see, nothing to be afraid of. Well, in the same way, when we are going towards trauma, we have to strengthen our attachment to the Lord and His love. We've got to get to love first, is what he says, before we go face trauma. Well, the enemy, when you're thinking, when God allows, I want to say this the right way, when the enemy tries to overplay his hand, God will allow an overplayed enemy attack when he knows we're ready in position for freedom. But what happens to us, all of a sudden an attack brings up old trauma, where suddenly you're thinking, I've dealt with that, I thought I'd dealt with that, but maybe God's setting the plow a little bit deeper. God's saying, no, you're actually positioned now for a deeper level of freedom. The tendency is to stuff and numb or to get into fear where God is saying, no, come to me and in love, I'm, we're going to walk in this room together. I'm going to turn that light on together because perfect love casts out fear. We have to contend for it, but there's a way to do it so that you know that the, the enemy is not an equal foe. Overwhelming victory belongs to us. So if God is bringing something to the surface, it means it's time for you to be free. And you won't be swallowed alive by it, even if you feel like you will. Mm -hmm. When you say bring into the surface, what would some of that look like for us? Give us some practical examples, some of those surface things. Okay, well, this is a very raw example from my own story is... Uh, I w during this health relapse, my body was just on fire, massive inflammation. I think I interviewed four or five guys over the course of two weeks, just coincidentally the way the guests lined up, that had gone to prison for white-collar crimes. Either they were in the wrong place at the wrong time or unknowingly did something. Every time I interviewed them, I had these prickles in my body, and I'm, pretty soon I had this irrational fear, it's embarrassing to admit, but I write about it in the book, of going to prison. So I'm like driving under the speed limit, which you hate people who do that, but I'm like, <laughs> you know, I was afraid to send a wrong email, and I'm like, sure. what is wrong with me? Well, one day, the Lord brought up a traumatic memory that I had stuffed down. During one of my deliveries, I had a, a doctor who hated women and had a history of abusing wow. women when the husband had walked out right after the delivery, and he'd done something to me. He was a wicked, wicked man, and it was a horrendous situation. When I went in for my six-week six week checkup, my doctor, who's a good doctor, heard about it, and he's like, you write me a letter, and you get it into this office. What I didn't know was he was a bull in the china shop, and they wanted to get rid of him, but it's hard to get rid of a doctor who's got his own doctor's license. Well, six years later, I'm called by a local news channel because of an alleged rape that this doctor had done of the patient and the very next call was the attorney general's office going don't talk to the media Ooh. but we need to talk to you we know you've issued a complaint against him six years ago wow long story wow. short i was put on a stand to to testify six years later but that day he had a bully lawyer and it was just a traumatic experience well we walked away from that experience we never talked about it again but there, it was very much attached to this fear thing around being on trial, around doing something wrong, because I was made to feel like the problem for saying there was a problem. So it comes up at the most inopportune time, but I'd forgotten it, but my body had held on to it. And I think his name is Dr. Vanderkolk, is his name in the, his book, The Body Keeps Score. He says, our bodies hold on to experiences. So you don't even have to remember an experience for your body to remember. 
but the enemy remembers. And he will hope that it stays in the shadows so he can jerk your chain all day long. And there's a point where God says, no, it's time to be free. That's what I mean. There will be things that surface, and you're going to be like, why is this coming to the surface? If you are in Christ, you can know he's always got your back. His goodness and mercy follows you. Yeah. It means he's positioning you for freedom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're watching right now, and I just encourage you, um, when we go through seasons and, and stuff comes to the surface, it's not for the purpose of victimizing you or traumatizing you again. That's it's right. not the reoccurring cycle, but it's rather for freedom and liberty. And it's through Holy Spirit, walking with Holy Spirit, attentive to that. Um, as well, I'd encourage you to get this book, but God has freedom, deliverance, and most importantly, redemption. He redeems. So what the devil means for evil, God turns and uses for good. Just like the guy hired Balaam to curse the Israelites, and Balaam couldn't curse the Israelites. Right. Balaam wound up just blessing and blessing and blessing. And that is God's end game for you, to bless you, to prosper you, to make you whole and well and vibrant and effective, energetic, full of joy. Hop on the phone, get on the website. I know for some of you, you're hearing that, you're like thinking, that's the dream, the impossible dream. But it's reality with Holy Spirit, with our Heavenly Father who loves us. Hop on the phone, get on the website, grab, grab at least three copies of Fully Alive. This book will absolutely transform your life. We're going to come right back and dive deep even further. Thanks so much. What happens in our soul happens in our cells. Research shows that your emotional, spiritual, and physical health are tightly intertwined. Spiritual difficulties can have physical consequences, and physical illnesses can have emotional and even spiritual ramifications. For your gift of $30 or more, we will send you Fully Alive by Susie Larson. Providing a fresh vision of what a flourishing life looks like, Susie shares practical, biblical ways to replace defeating thoughts with redemptive ones, overcome stress, and embrace God's peace. Trade unhealthy habits for new life-giving practices and much more. We will also send you Marilyn's CD teaching, Beauty for Ashes, and her book, God's Prescription for a Hurting Heart. Be encouraged that healing from hurts, sorrows, disappointments, and failures is promised to you. For your gift of $1,000 or more, we will send you the beautifully framed canvas print of the Valley Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. The colors of the forest and the light of the morning sun surrounding this simple house of worship reminds us of the beauty in God's creation. Embrace the health, freedom, and wholeness God has for you. Call or click today to receive this encouraging resource. In her new autobiography, It's Not Over Until You Win, My Lifetime of Experiencing the Miracles of God, Marilyn Hickey shares about her long, eventful, and still ongoing journey of life, which made her a witness to many of the most significant and world-changing spiritual events and movements of the last 60 years. But she's been more than an eyewitness to that history. She's been a key participant, including becoming an essential part of the charismatic renewal movement and a pioneer woman in Christian media. Now, for the first time, she tells her remarkable story. Marilyn invites you to join her as she recounts her miraculous journey, transparently sharing details of her life and the processes God used to mold her into His servant. Along the way, you'll discover vital spiritual insights and principles that will inspire you to live your highest and best life. Find out why it's not over until you win. Get your copy of this life-changing inspirational book today. so thrilled oh my goodness kids in a candy store right with Susie Larson Susie one of the things we were just talking about is I can't and that guy at Bethesda who said I want to get well geez do you want to be well I can't when when he says that how does that relate to us today 
Well, I'll tell you how it related to me. Someone, both of my doctors said, I don't know anybody who wants this healing more than you because I was doing everything they said and then some. So for God to bring me back to that story, do you want to get well? And his first words were, I can't, sir. It actually hurt my feelings. I'm like, Lord, aren't I showing that I want to get well? I mean, I'm fasting, praying, marching around my house, claiming the scripture. And he was quiet. And I'm thinking, well, you're God and I'm not. So obviously there's something I'm not seeing. So I changed my question to, are there I can'ts embedded in my soul that I just can't see? If so, would you show me what they are? Probably a week later, I was at a speaking event having a surge of inflammation backstage. So I, everything was spinning. My arms were numb. My esophagus was spasming. All I wanted to do is go to bed, but I had to get out and speak. And you both know what that's like when you're not feeling well and you've got to do it anyway. And embracing myself, going, Lord, give me the strength. And the host, just as I'm about to step out, grabs me by the sleeve and pulls me back. She goes, oh, before you go out there, make sure you tell them how much you struggle with your health. Otherwise, they're just going to hate you when they get a look at you. And I stopped and I remembered, I've heard that a thousand times. And most times they're just joking, but they say, I'd hate you if you didn't struggle so much. And as one of my books years ago I wrote was Uncommon Woman about kind of breaking the stereotype of gossip petty women where we get jealous of each other. Because I had been on the receiving end of women who have done that. And I never wanted to go through that again. And what I realized was I've heard that so many times. I would hate you if you didn't struggle so. I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't want people to hate me, so I stuffed it down, and that became an I can't. So there I am backstage, and the Lord's whispering to me, can you handle it if I were to heal you? Can you handle it if women hate you because you've got your healing now? And it was a hitch for me. It was like a speed bump. I'm like, this is a thing for me. Oh, my goodness. And then he whispered, not all women are that petty, and those that are need healing too. Can you trust me? And I went, this is an I can't. I'm going to trust you, Lord. Probably a week later, I mean, I pray every day for human trafficking victims and slavery, and I'm always praying, Lord, put a firewall between the wicked and the weak, and I'm interceding for that issue. Yeah. And the phrase blessing guilt passed through my mind, and I'm blessing guilt. And he whispered to me again, mm -hmm. can you handle it if I healed you, knowing that there are 30 million slaves today? And I said, no. I had a no in me. So I'm fasting, I'm praying, I'm marching around, I'm like, I know you're the healer, I'm not getting my healing. I'm like, what am I missing? And I had a big capital no. Like deep inside, I thought, I can't bear it because there are so many women who are being perpetually raped every single day. As if, I, as if God, I know theologically up here that what God does for one does not limit his ability to do for another, but in my heart and in my soul, I don't think, living in a first world, you know, developed country, you know, I, to, to imagine that God would give me that with, while they're still waiting, I had to contend with that. And I say that, and as we're sitting here, I get a sense that somebody's watching today, and you're identifying more with your sickness than you are with God's promises, and you maybe even think God gave you this to humble you, like this is your lot in life, and I got to say, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Right. A father does not make his child sick to teach them a lesson. There's no evidence of that in Scripture, but there is something to be said that when you are in, on your mat for a long time, you identify with your mat, you get sympathy, you get compassion, and you. And some people say that we prefer a known captivity to an unknown freedom. Like, I don't know if I could handle being free. And I'm thinking you might have some I can'ts in your soul like I did. And so I'm just daring you to ask the Lord, show me, are there any I can'ts in me that I'm not aware of? What I, as I've been interviewing people since I had that revelation, is there are lots of people that have hindrances. They have no's in their soul that they're not even aware of because they've got some kind of hang up that I can't ask God to do this for me. 
when he hasn't done something for someone else. And I'm just saying that if you start to contend with some of those things, you will find a good savior, a godly mm -hmm. man. I mean, our, our father in heaven, who's just a good, good father who wants to deliver us. And he deals uniquely with each one of us. And we've got to trust him in that process. Mm -hmm. Could I give a little testimony there? Yes. You know, when I started to teach some, we had a wonderful evangelist who came to our church. And he said, of all the pastor's wives I know, you're the biggest example of a failure. So I think sometimes people say things to us. And I said, why do you think I'm a failure? Well, you don't play the organ. You don't play the piano. You don't have a women's missionary council. All you do is the silly little home Bible studies. And so I think you have to really weigh things. And so I thought those silly little home Bible studies, now if I look back, you know, those silly little home Bible studies put me on the radio, put me on television, really around the world. You know, yeah. we reach so many people every day from, but you have to watch the words that are spoken to you yeah. and who spoke them, Amen. you know, yeah. and he didn't know my call. He yeah. didn't know what God had. So. I just wanted to say that here. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, who knows if he wasn't picking up on a mantle, an anointing that he was threatened by. And, and when people say such things and they yeah. get into our soul, we tend to live out of those places. Thankfully, you didn't live out of that place. No. You know, when I was an author and a speaker and feeling the call to radio, the first woman I told in our church, her face contorted and she's like, you don't have a voice for radio. Which is so interesting, <laughs> a decade later, that's one thing people say that my voice soothes their heart. Right. But if I would have just listened to that one voice right. and said, well, that must, that's right. it for me. I, that's what I'm trying to say is we, people have spoken things over our lives and we've been our own worst enemy as well. And, we, and I think we settle into a theology that God does not want to redeem when really what we do need to do is wrestle with some of the theology that's settled into our soul. And, and we accept the symptoms and we justify the symptoms yeah. and we accommodate and kind of palliate those symptoms, yeah. but we don't go to the source and say, okay, let's walk in freedom, let's walk in health. And, and we don't want to fight for it. I'll tell you, when I was a little girl, I was trying to get my dad's attention. I was about four years old, and he was leaning over the counter, looking out the window, and I'm tugging on his pant leg, and he wouldn't look at me. So I'm like, what is more important than me right now? <laughs> so I climbed yeah. up on the counter to see what he was looking at, and the neighborhood bully was beating up my brother. And I went from oh, asking wow. him to help me to go, I go, go help him, go help him. My dad would not take his look eyes off of this, my brother. And he said, I'm not going to let him lose, but I have to let him fight. And the Lord has brought that back to me in this stage of life. Again, we again want so much to get zapped. And I'm, God can do that. He did that for my son. He touched him. He was healed. But there are a lot of us, I believe, that need the process. And we're sitting on our mat going, I'm not going to lift a finger. I'm just waiting for you to zap me. And God's saying, I actually want you to pick up your mat. I want you to roll it up. I want you to contend with some of these lies that you picked mm -hmm. up. That is work. That's hard. Mm -hmm. But it's not... We do hard. We know how to do hard. So let's do hard that leads us to a flourishing life. I guess that's what the book is for. It's for the people who maybe are more identified with their mat than they are with their freedom. And I'm asking you to go on a journey, but I've been on this journey. So this isn't just up here. This is something I've lived, and we are hearing testimonies of people's healings mm -hmm. like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, too, and I love about this book, Susie, you do a phenomenal job. And I, I, this is interesting because you're an author. I'm an author. One of the things, I remember reading this. Um, I read an advice to authors is to love your reader. Very good. Right? Yeah, love I your love reader. That. I love that. And that's what you do in this yeah. book. You love 
your reader. And how you love your reader is not only through your writing, but you love us as readers in the process and the application pieces that you integrate through the whole thing. You love us so that we can walk and listen and learn, see your personal, you unzip your heart and you're vulnerable and you love us as readers. So I just encourage you, hop on the phone, get on the website. You really need to grab multiple copies of this book. This book is phenomenal. It's set up for you to help in a Sunday school situation, a book club. You could do this on a Bible study group, all kinds of context and great, great application. And I'm just going to read you some of the chapters at the very beginning. Um, he restores about believing it, about fear, about shame, about worry, about grief, about being discouraged, insecurity, selfishness. <laughs> Seriously, I think I probably hit maybe five hot spots just right there in the chapter titles for your life. So I encourage you, hop on the phone, get on the website. Of course we want to pray for you. You're struggling with discouragement, struggling with insecurity, struggling with abandonment, struggling with not having enough inadequacy. Hop on the phone. We want to pray for you. We want God to set the captive, set you free. And when you do, grab this resource. This resource will give you kind of a manual, a freedom manual, walking into the fullness and not just kind of some ethereal way out there going to happen when I get to heaven but letting heaven become more real to you on earth today in this journey to fully alive. So you don't have to live halfway, partway, kind of semi-victorious. God has full, vibrant victory for you today. Hop on the phone. We want to pray for you. What happens in our soul happens in our cells. Research shows that your emotional, spiritual, and physical health are tightly intertwined. Spiritual difficulties can have physical consequences, and physical illnesses can have emotional and even spiritual ramifications. For your gift of $30 or more, we will send you Fully Alive by Susie Larson. Providing a fresh vision of what a flourishing life looks like, Susie shares practical, biblical ways to replace defeating thoughts with redemptive ones, overcome stress, and embrace God's peace. Trade unhealthy habits for new life-giving practices and much more. We will also send you Marilyn's CD teaching, Beauty for Ashes, and her book, God's Prescription for a Hurting Heart. Be encouraged that healing from hurts, sorrows, disappointments, and failures is promised to you. For your gift of $1,000 or more, we will send you the beautifully framed canvas print of the Valley Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. The colors of the forest and the light of the morning sun surrounding this simple house of worship reminds us of the beauty in God's creation. Embrace the health, freedom, and wholeness God has for you. Call or click today to receive this encouraging resource. This is a very important moment for your life. So just settle down there. What is a real passion in your heart from hearing this program? I mean, it's just, you know, you say, I'm scratchy. I'm going to ask, Susie, if you would just pray for scratchy places. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. So get ready. Put your hand on your heart. Mm -hmm. Susie's going to pray for yeah. you. If I could just say quickly, too, I believe there's somebody watching today that you've given up hope for any kind of healing, and you're settling in thinking you have to wait till heaven, and I don't believe that's true. I believe God has freedom for you, but I'm going to pray for everybody. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus that you are the healer, that your promises mm -hmm. are as potent as they've ever been, and I pray that you'd reach down from on high, Lord God. Touch mm -hmm. those places that need redemption, that need restoration, that need healing. Show us what our I can'ts are, the hindrances in our own soul that are keeping us from the best of what you have. Lord, you said that we are supposed to plan for the future in the face of our fears, that you've got a plan to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. I pray hope would make a comeback today in every heart and soul listening today. Give us a vision, Father God, for what our 
next place of promise looks like. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And I want to just kind of dovetail on that. The verse that you just prayed is Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says, I know, got to put my glasses on so I'm <laughs> accurate here. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you hope and a future. God has a good future for you. It's not bad. It's not evil. It's not wicked. It's not hopeless. It's full of life and genuine love for you.